Welcome to the Sports Field Management Podcast. I'm your host, John Kamita, Associate Publisher and Editorial Brand Director of Sports Field Management Magazine. For this installment, I spoke with Trevor Vance, Kansas City Royals Senior Director of Groundskeeping and Landscaping, who shared some advice for dealing with current challenges and how to present safe, visually stunning fields no matter the circumstances. Please note that this interview took place in early June, prior to the details being finalized regarding the start of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. I guess if you could start off first in terms of current challenges and um, if you could tell me a little bit about how you and your crew have been impacted by the pandemic, what's been your approach to your field management and your cultural practices uh, at this time? Well, um, once the pandemic hit, we um, quickly... Well, we downsized our crew, um, but then what was left, we split into two crews. So a crew would work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The other crew would work Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And um, we were able, in March, April, May, give Sundays off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, one thing I stress to our front office, and, you know, the coronavirus does not affect grass. Sure. It continues to grow and, and needs maintenance and needs attention. I mean, these are these are thoroughbreds. These fields, you know, that's it's not a native soil that can rely on Mother Nature and um, and they're a big investment. Um, a couple of years ago, we just put two million dollars in rebuilding our entire field. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, we did over four hundred thousand dollars worth of landscaping renovations. Um, a couple years ago, we built a brand new urban youth academy. Um, so there was plenty of work to be done and maintained um, throughout all this. Sure. Um, and it also, I mean, the perk of this, if there's a if there's a silver lining, you know, all we do as groundskeepers in March is push our plant, push our plant to get it green and growing for opening day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we probably don't follow the exact protocol sometimes because come March 26th or 28th, whenever you open, it needs to be playable and green. Mm-hmm. So this really gave us an opportunity to, to come in and maybe do that airification that you skipped in the spring or a verticutting or some, you know, some applications that you just didn't have time for. So I would think the silver lining right now, everybody's field is probably as strong and as healthiest as it's ever been going into June, mm-hmm. which is great because if we do resume baseball, and now we're looking at June, July, August, you're looking at a really a three-month window of potential heat, and then you're back in September. It doesn't get beat up. It didn't get beat up in March, April, May and then have to get through the season. You're going to start off probably the most concerning part of your season through the heat with the strongest grass you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I guess, I mean, that kind of ties into my next one. It sounds like it sounds like you feel pretty comfortable about the, the appearance of your fields for, you know, if and when play resumes and, and you're back on TV. Uh, anything anything different or, or how will you approach – uh, actually getting ready for play, anything you'll do differently from what you're doing right now just to maintain the fields versus, you know, when when it comes time for play? 
Well, this year again, you know, against the norm, the month of June, if the, if we get a settlement, we're all going to host a spring training at our own at our home site. Mm-hmm. You know, spring trainings are usually spread over six and a half ball fields. Sure. So she's going to take a little bit of a kick, you know, in June. So that's a little concerning, but you know, I think we can stay on top of it. I think our coaching staff and everybody will move around and take advantage of indoor facilities, bullpens, stuff like that, as much as they can. Um, so that's a little challenging, but from a TV standpoint, um, she should still look pretty good. I mean, we're all professionals and our, you know, we want this thing to shine. It doesn't just represent us. It represents the team and the city. So our goal every game is for this to be the best looking turf in Kansas city and the viewing audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess under under normal circumstances, um, what's what's your typical routine schedule? Getting your field looking its best for TV. Is there anything you do differently on game day um, just to make sure you're you're looking well, your best? We'll, well, we'll survey our field, and you know, there's always high traffic spots, whether it's in front of the mound, the umpire areas, and the on deck areas. Maybe a couple outfield positions. Um, you know, if we know a big game's coming up on TV. You can you can address that by your pattern you put into the field to kind of hide some maybe thinner areas mm-hmm. or or you know put a white stripe around your home plate to draw attention to that instead of maybe a thin area around home plate or something. Um, uh, we'll probably raise the raise the height to cut once once we get started. And when I say the raise the height to cut, we'll probably raise it an eighth or a quarter of an inch. Just to give it a little more foliage to, to, um, to you know, stripe with. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's it's the same practice whether we've been playing or not. I mean, we always want this field to look good. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, what's your height of cut right now during the pandemic, or what what are you approaching your mowing practice? We're at seven eighths right now. Okay. Um, which allowed us again, like I mentioned earlier. You know, we've never been able to come in here in in April or May and verticut mm-hmm. because not only did we have a major league schedule, but we have all our extra events, high school games, corporate events, um, batting practices. Sure. All these other things that all has been canceled. I mean, the only thing that's been on that field since March 1st is us. Mm-hmm. So we've really, you know, been able to do some cultural practices that we're not normally used to, so it's worked out very well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you mentioned other events on your fields and that. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's under normal circumstances, at least, normally dealing with uh, a lot of other events on their fields, whether it's dog days at the park or campouts or concerts being held, fairs, you know the whole range of it what's kind of your approach to getting your field ready for those types of events and then also uh recovering and restoring it back to you know to baseball playability after after um you know other traffic on the field well we we plan for the worst Mm -hmm. that way if it happens we're ready and if it doesn't 
it's just a lighter day. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were supposed to have a concert on June 23rd. It just got canceled yesterday. Um, so we had that coming up. We have a big Diamond of Dreams event every year that we bring in 1,500 people with tents, and they have a big celebration on the field to raise money for Royals Charities. Um, so we're always trying to stay one or two steps ahead, mm-hmm. um, whether it's fungicides, fertility, whether it's drying out the field for maybe prior to a concert. Um, we've all been through the, you know, it's not our first rodeos. We've, we've all kind of lived and learned and learned from our mistakes. Um, not to say it's bulletproof because mother nature is, is she's going to decide how that field looks. Mm-hmm. So, but we've been blessed that we've been able to get through most of them pretty unscathed. We've had some some burns, you know, tip burns and stuff like that. But so far, we haven't had to do any resodding or anything after any events. Um, what's your What's your approach or your philosophy when it comes to striping or mowing patterns or uh, field painting logos? The the artistic side of the uh, presentation, especially when it comes to uh, you know being on say a, a big time nationally televised game. What's What's your approach there with the artistic side of it? Well, my approach to anything when it comes to the field is the field is a backdrop to the game. Our goal is we want fans to walk in. We want a wife to nudge her husband and say, why doesn't our yard look that green? <laughs> and then we want it to be like a good umpire. He's out there, but he never comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get into the, the crazy patterns and everything because patterns are really for the fans only. Players hate them. Mm-hmm. And we're here for the players. So you know, we're constantly changing our patterns, so hopefully we don't get that snaking and the grass is laid over too much. Um, every, I mean, every homestand we change a pattern. Uh, and when it comes to painting, I mean, normally when you're painting, it's a celebration. It's opening day. It's sure. an all-star game. It's a playoff game. Well, then you want those things to look like a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You want them to shine, you know. Um, and normally all that painting is done in foul territories and that so it doesn't affect the play sure um you know obviously obviously the bulk of our readers aren't going to have their fields on tv they still want to have you know the most stunning visual appearance but you know overall what's your advice to field managers of all levels in terms of producing a beautiful safe playing surface and and having that visually stunning appearance, but like you said, making sure that it's about the players? Well, I mean, the first thing you got to do is have pride. Take pride in your work. You, that, that, is, that is your signature, so sign it with excellence. All right, but number one is player safety. Mm-hmm. So you give up the aesthetics if necessary for player safety. Now, as long as player safety is, a, in, you know, is where it needs to be, then make that baby shine. I mean, take pride in your mowing. Um, you, you know, find a pattern that you're good at. And uh, on those opportunities you get for it to be on TV or video or whatever, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remember, the players first. Player, you got to be concerned about... You know, the ball snaking or anything. And, and it's different, you know, cool season, warm season, height to cut. 
I mean, that all changes, you know, wherever you're at. Sure. Um, but just just take pride in what you do, and remember that's your signature, so sign it with excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think you covered most of what I had. Is there anything I didn't touch on, um, you know, that, that our readers should know? Um, love what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's, we, we take, you know, I've had, I don't have a lot of change with my crew, but when I do, when I'm looking for somebody, I'm looking for somebody that, that, that is really committed to providing an excellent surface. Whether it's the skin dairy, which, you know, we're talking about grass right here, but 70% of the game is played on the dirt. Sure. If you, if your dirt's great, you're not probably going to hear much feedback about your turf from a ball player. Mm-hmm. So, again, just take great pride in what you do and uh, take your time and do it right. Well, I appreciate the time, Trevor. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Hopefully we get back to play soon here. <laughs> That's right. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed this installment of the Sports Field Management Podcast. Be sure to check out the article based on this interview, which includes some amazing photos of Trevor's work in the July issue of Sports Field Management. <laughs>